Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff! Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on all things branding and digital marketing. Since 2009, Peralta Design has launched dozens of brands with award-winning identities and websites. Join our hosts Ramon and Jorge as they use decades of combined experience to tackle topics with past clients, industry partners, and the rest of the PD crew. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode of Mission Control. Hey, welcome to Mission Control, where we respect the grind and reclaim the American dream. I am your host, Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design, and we launch brands. Today's guest is a highly decorated naval officer, veteran, and a United States Naval Academy graduate. She selflessly served in Virginia, Hawaii, Djibouti, Africa, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut to include time at the Pentagon and SEAL Team 18. She is also a top 10 finalist in the 2019 Miss Veteran America competition. She's also the co-founder of Service After Service, a nonprofit that gives purpose to veterans as they transition from military service to public service. It's an amazing organization located right here in the Valley. Please help me welcome Ms. Lonnie Richards. Welcome. I love the audience clap. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're just, they're, they're a paid audience, actually. All two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome, welcome to the show. Thank and, you. Thank and you for th- having me. Thank you for bringing the special guest. Thank you for having her. Would you like to introduce her as well? I would. So her name is Winter Richards. She is, well, tomorrow she'll be five months old. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> she goes at me everywhere, my little sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So we know her backstory. It's only five months old. But <laughs> what is yours? Tell us Tell us how you got here to where you are today. Wow. Um, that's loaded. Um, so, you know, I guess I can start with, uh, I'm from Tennessee, little Tennessee okay. girl, um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I, um, I grew up in a restaurant. My family had a restaurant called, um, Chef's Underground Cafe. Uh, my dad was the mastermind and chef, um, at that restaurant. We had that restaurant for about 11 years. Wow. Um, I hated working there. <laughs> I hated it. All what was wanted... your job there? What, you... <laughs> Every... what wasn't my right, job there? Right, right. <laughs> my my <laughs> the, my job was not to clean the toilets. So I could actually be thankful for that. But everything <laughs> else, waited tables, wash dishes. Um, I did try to make. Uh, my dad had a one of his specialty salads was a chicken liver salad, and um, I did try to make it one day and um i wasn't sure if he would let me (laughs) he was he had to step out for a moment and um i said dad i could i could do this salad i could make it just (laughs) like yours because i mean i had been practicing i'd watched him do it enough times and he was like girl if you don't move and get out of my way and so (laughs) so you know i was kind of a chef i thought um we, I was a hostess, yes. you know, everything, cash, cashier. Um, At what age? Because I mean, you probably started young. 
So when you have a family restaurant, you're working before child labor laws (laughs) legally allow you. Um, So (laughs) this was, I was, I was probably in about six. Oh, grade, wow. 6th, 7th okay. grade. Like, because I have an older brother and sister, too. Everybody was there. When I say, okay, she's fine, everybody. All right. All right. Just some sound effects. Just- <laughs> <laughs> it's an um, actual real cough. Oh, it's this actual real cough. She's, uh, she, she's I'm, drinking her milk? Um, yes, okay. I'm feeding her now. So okay. she is... Um, she likes it at a certain pace. Yeah. And she's already <laughs> trying to hold it. Like she it's does. her little hand. Kind of, I got this. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, um, you know, it was a family business. I'm the mm-hmm. baby of the family. Mm-hmm. So um, my older brother and sister were there. My mom was there. We all mm-hmm. did everything. Okay. Um, so it, it wasn't like I'm the only worker right, 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 right. <laughs> there. It's a team, so, family. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A, a team event there. So, um, started off in the family business. I actually got my first job from there. Uh, first real job, like out in the world, away from my parents. Um, I was, uh, one of the customers came in and asked if I wanted to work at a rock climbing wall that was under one of the um, popular bridges downtown, okay. Walnut Street Bridge. And one of the legs of the bridge was made out of stone mm-hmm. and they made a climbing okay. wall out of it. Sounds so, cool. Um, I said, yeah, let me go ask my dad. And so I run back to the kitchen. I ask him and he was like, oh, I guess so. So I worked my first job. Um, I was the, I don't know what you call them. Like, like strapping the, the people in or putting the belts on them. And or I, you know, you stand at the bottom of the yeah. um, wall there and you're like strapped in and yeah. it was a birthday party. And it was kind of a. Uh, it was a little scary for me because I'd never done this before. And the guy was like, oh, you got it. You're going to be just fine. And I see the group and I feel like super small and like I don't think I can hold anybody. And of course, I get like the person that I feel is going to be like the heaviest person. And she's coming right to me. And I'm just like... <laughs> You don't want me to hold you. I know they say these little the, the belay or what, what do you whatever you call the yeah. little devices. Um, um, they're they're strong. They can hold up to X amount it, of car- pounds. Yes, the carabiner yeah. and um, like all that stuff. And they say, oh, it can hold all this, all these weight <laughs> over a hundred pounds of weight. I'm like, look, I don't know about that little thing. Um, I'm bigger than it, and I know what I can and can't right, hold, right. and I can't hold this woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like a couple hundred pounds <laughs> or three hundred pounds. No, she wasn't that big, okay. but she was because I was still a child. Right. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but from a child's perspective, I'm looking at this woman like I can't hold you. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I did. Wow. I held her, and the little carabiner worked. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the did exactly what the guy said. Of course, I I did not believe him, but it did exactly what the guy said, and um, that was the only birthday party I worked. <laughs> oh, no. I got paid. Um, I wasn't fired, but it was just it was the only one that I ended up working that summer. I was back at the restaurant yeah. every day. Um, but did you get like the entrepreneur spirit from your parents having that? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because even once we got to um. So we had the restaurant for about 11 years. Um, It wasn't very profitable in the end. That's usually why restaurants close. And so we closed the restaurant. Um, 
went on to some different ventures. And then um, I, my siblings went off to college and I ultimately went off to the Naval Academy. And uh, my parents had another restaurant that they opened up um, called Mrs. B's Reggae Cafe. And I never worked there, but, you know, they always had like some. And that one was actually my my mom's idea. Okay. And um, it was named after my mom's mom, Frances Brown. And so definitely the entrepreneurial spirit came from my parents. Um, And then my military background, um, as surprising as it was to most, came from my dad uh, because he didn't. He was not, uh, we, we weren't a military family in the sense that we traveled around to different right. military bases uh, because we did not, uh, not when I was born. My brother and sister were born um, out in California. Um, I have, uh, well, two brothers um, and they were all born out in California, um, both my brothers and my sister. And so I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. And by the time I was born, my dad was out of the military. Okay. So what branch was he in? He was in the Navy. Oh, okay. The best service. And I say that because my husband's Air Force. Ooh, where's the, where's the, <laughs> yeah, come the on, hissing noises? Come on, sounds guy. We're a little limited. <laughs> then you have to actually say, boo. You're the sound effect. No, but uh, there's all this rivalry because I have yeah. friends that are, uh, that, you know, in the Navy and then, you know, the Marines guys say that the Navy just drives them and, and all oh, yeah. this stuff. And yeah. So that's it. It's uh, that the Air Force out of all of them is the easiest one. Is Or no, is it the Coast Guard's the, easy, <laughs> the quote unquote easiest the one? The Air Force, because we call them the Chair Force. Ah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, but yeah. Thank you. Anyway, thank you for your service. Regardless. <laughs> thank you. Um. So, yeah. Um. My military background was inspired by my father mm-hmm. um, and the fact that I was a broke high school student of a working class family. Um, and I knew that there was no money for me to go to college. So Because you said that you had older siblings that were already kind of <laughs> using up that money. Yeah, they used up all my parents' money. <laughs> like there's, there was nothing left for me. They were selfish. No, they weren't selfish. But um, my sister, for example, yeah. is a doctor. And... Um, as you can imagine, she still has school loans, right, student right. loans. Um, so um, I would say none of my siblings really took a, I'm doing air quotes, easy path. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, we just so, <laughs> But so I knew by the time it, I was ready to go to college, mm-hmm. I needed to figure something out. And um, so I... Were you drawn to like the GI Bill or anything like that? Or one of those kind no. of... No. Not at all. I knew nothing of it. Yeah. I knew nothing oh, of it. ROTC? What's the other one where you get you get some kind of tuition uh, reimbursement? Mm-hmm. So you can do ROTC. Um, each branch has their ROTC. Um, and then each branch also has their service academy okay. that uh, trains officers. And I also recruit for the Naval Academy. We'll talk about that later. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I was drawn to nothing. None of that. Mm-hmm. I wanted nothing to do with the military. Um, I felt I was too cute for that. I was always the one in school uh, with my little platform shoes on. And, (laughs) you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Um, I remember this day in high school, I was feeling myself. I had these two inch platforms on, they were black and, um, 
it was like wide, wide toe and like a thick, like chunky heel, like block heel, two inches. And I remember going down the steps and I'm just, and this is like between, not between classes, uh, like during class. Mm-hmm. So I'm already feeling like, you know, I'm special because I should have been, right, been in right, class. Rebel. And so <laughs> I'm going down the steps, coming from the third floor, going down to the basement, I think it was. And there was an, an, one of the, the lower classmen that was coming up the steps. I fall oh, and no. and full on grab this kid's shoulder oh, and man. like ride it down the steps. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. But, it, you know, <laughs> I, I was always like this fashionista in my own head. Yeah. There were certainly other fashionistas at school, but it wasn't really me. I mm-hmm. thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also the time I had these short braids and they called me Michael Jackson or, or a mystical. Um, there was a time I had this. Um, Kids can be so mean. So mean. <laughs> I had this red pleather vest and it Watch was yourself. fine. Yeah. And they called me Michael Jackson with that one. And like they got on me, but I, I promise I had a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, military really wasn't my thing. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about it, but I ran track in middle and high school and I was very good at it. Um, and I got up, my coach got a letter from the Naval Academy um, saying that they were expressing interest in me. And I took the letter and actually my coach wasn't even, his name was Coach Tyler. Um, and we we're very close. I actually called him Grandpa Tyler. We went to the same church. And so we were very close, and he knew I wanted nothing to do with the military. He wasn't going to give me the letter. Okay. Um, but his wife was like, you better give that girl that letter. And, you know, I got the letter. I put it down for a week. Idiot. And I finally picked it up. I looked at it. Some of the deadlines I had missed. Oh, no. Um, and then I called the coach, and I was like, hey, uh, got this letter. I've missed some deadlines. What should I do? Should I just, you know? leave it or and she said no um go ahead and apply i'll take care of the rest now back then i swear i'm not old is that the second time i've said that um i swear i'm not old um back then it was a paper application so it was like a full-on book um the application and it took so much uh and it's still a lot today um, interviewing with your Congress people, um, going for medical exams by approved medical examiners. Um, you, you but have this is your, because you're 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 not going into the Navy; you're going into the Naval Academy. Yes. So it's like another. They, they, you have yes. to be more vetted for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then you have to take physical tests for mm-hmm. it um, that your uh, high school coach can uh, yeah. do. Um, and so, you know, all these different things you have to do, your essays you have to submit, your standardized test scores, and then application itself. And all of that was, like, paper. Mm. So, <laughs> it, and it took a very long time. And so, I, as I was looking at what I needed to do, when I asked the coach, should I even bother? It was really like, a look, if I get started, I don't want to waste my time. But again, being naive high school student, I had no idea what it was going to do for me later. And it single-handedly changed the trajectory of my entire life. Um, And my dad was super excited um, to know that I was going to the Naval Academy. Um, 
following his steps in joining the military. Now, he he was enlisted. He wasn't an officer. So even conversations with him was more of like sea stories when it came to the military, things that him and his buddies got into. He was probably out on a submarine and stuff like that. <laughs> no, he was on a ship. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but... He he was still he was still raising hell too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know he was really excited when I started to express interest in the Naval Academy. And for me as a high school student, what what really drew me to the Naval Academy specifically was a guaranteed job after yeah. graduation. As I saw many high schoolers from my school go to college, right. and then I would see them like bagging groceries right. and I'm like whoa what are you doing this yeah. <laughs> first of all we're at a college prep school yeah. why are you not there and I wasn't fully understanding what was happening was this just a side job while you're in college was this a screw it I'm not going to college anymore this is this is me right. Right. <laughs> um and it, it just really kind of opened my eyes when I started seeing the kids I used to walk the halls with out in the real world and they're doing something that I know I didn't want to do right. um so um, initially it really wasn't, and I can be honest, it really wasn't about being a part of something greater than myself. Yeah. I think that was something that came as I got to learn more about the Naval Academy, uh, what, what it can do, what the, what the people there, uh, do while they're there and afterwards what they can become. Um, but before, it certainly wasn't that because I was naive. I didn't know what it was. So um, I obviously I was accepted. Um, and the Naval Academy has an 8% acceptance rate. Wow. And, you know, that's something that I really don't lead with when I'm talking <laughs> to students because mm -hmm. in the black and brown communities, we don't hear a lot about service academy opportunities because if you get accepted it's a full scholarship it is a full ride and a guaranteed job after afterwards working wow. directly in your field um and, and then beyond that the benefits are just amazing and there's some things you're just not going to hear as a high school student right. <laughs> you can say all of this to a high school student and it's just gonna go right really? over the head yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, the, the Naval Academy was a lot, a lot of um, work. <laughs> I had I had fun moments. I was not it was not always a fun place to be. I remember uh, somebody told me it was another grad and I don't remember what his name was. Um, another grad before I ever got there. So this was prior to 2003. I'm not old. Um he said, the Naval Academy is a great place to be from, not at. Oh, and wow. I did not get it. And once I once I graduated. So was he telling it, you get out somehow or like No, so what he was saying is that it's gonna suck while you're there. <laughs> because it does. It's a military school. Um, you're gonna go through your um the phase where they break you down. And then build you back up. And you're going to enjoy none of that. <laughs> the G.I. Jane, uh, Officer and the Gentleman. Yeah. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Right. versus Richard Gere. I saw that movie. So it's, it's going to be hard while you're there. You probably won't like it. But once you get out, 
it is going to be amazing. I did. I saw the seals on here. Did you do butts training or did you not? Because that's so that's always been controversial. Still can't be they seals. can't really. So when I worked with Seal Team eighteen, I was working with them more of in a support role. And I remember when I told my dad, hey, dad, I'm stationed with the SEAL team um, unit. And he was like, oh, can I tell people my baby's a SEAL now? I'm like, no, dad, because we still can't be wow. SEALs. Um, and actually, you know what? There was a there was a woman that recently. I think um, so. I thought I read something that, like but that. Yeah. And she was the very first one. Yeah. So, you know, at the time that I was. Has that all SEAL softened? I, I, I've heard, you know, like. You've been you've been in leader cast here with the chamber before, and and we've had some speakers that were military guys that are now written books on leadership, and they mm -hmm. and like the the gist that I get was that like the old days, if you were doing some sort of training, you know you'd be high. Let's say you had to you know uh, rappel across some some canyon. If you fell, you fell, and now they'll put a <laughs> net or something. In other mm -hmm. words, like that, the, the the whole intake process uh, has gotten softer. Is there is there some truth to that, or did you feel? So you know what? I won't I, I won't speak on the seals because I can't. I don't have firsthand experience there um, with their intake and training. Um, but I can say. Every class at the Naval Academy thinks that the class behind them is softer. Right. right, right. <laughs> and it really is unfair. Yeah. I, I can't I can sit here today and say it's really unfair, yeah. but I was certainly one of the ones that was like, oh, you guys are soft. Yeah. We used to do it right, back right. in my day, right, right, you know. Right, right, right. Um, it's one thing. It's like that in the fraternity, too. <laughs> Because we, when I was uh, going through plebe summer, the so older is, you get, I think the harder you pledge. Though the hard, you know what I mean. Your memories become <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, my dad walked to walked to school in yeah. the snow in Jamaica. So <laughs> oh no, <laughs> right. Um, so he 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 definitely took that one to the head too. Um, yeah. uh, but so you know, I always said that when we were going through plebe summer, that's like the summer before your freshman year. Yeah. Um, that's, it's almost, it's like your basic training. Mm -hmm. um, and we would, we would get dropped in the middle of the halls. We have to do push-ups, all yeah. these different exercises, uh, uh, rifle PT, um, all these different things. And then the following summer, they had AC installed in the halls. And so, of course, now that means every class after that is soft because you got AC for your summer. So everyone says we had the last real plebe summer. Right. right and so like, that's right. like a, a thing that Naval it Academy is. grads say. Like, no, we had the, my class yeah. had the last real plebe summer. <laughs> so I want to get down to what happened to you. Did you have an epiphany or, or a God moment or something during your time at the Navy that made you want to start this organization? Because a lot of people, you know, they just don't think of giving back when they come out. They feel yeah. like, okay, I've accomplished that. Now I'm just going to collect my uh, retirement, or whatever you guys call it, your pension or, mm -hmm. or what have you. But you came out like with this vigor of, of doing something, um, to help other veterans transition out and how did what was the nucleus of that so right now there's a statistic and i'm gonna quiz you do you okay. know um how many veterans a day commit suicide i think it's something like 21 very close 20 22 22 22 okay. a day wow um, that is that's sad. the statistic and so 
um, depression, anxiety, um, mental disorders, uh, PTSD, you know, all, all of these um, medical issues, yeah. I'll call them, are, are very prevalent with our military veterans. And, and it is not something that is not prevalent with civilians because really and truly there are a lot of civilians that are suffering from the same things that don't even know it as well. Um, and especially in black American communities, we don't ever go and get treated right. or talk about it. Right. It's not something that we're even told to, hey, go go see a therapist. It's kind of taboo. Right. To talk it's to like a you're therapist. weak or something. Or, right. Or you know, there's trust issues too. Exactly. I, I think we don't see enough therapists that look like us. So we mm -hmm. feel like, well, why am, they're not going to understand my they problems. Understand. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, um, so I can acknowledge, as I say what I'm about to say, mm -hmm. that it's not specific to military, um, but it is something that that um, the government has been doing their best to kind of wrap their arms around. Yeah. Um, I, I was just um, I was just speaking yesterday at an event, and I was I was mentioning how you know when I came out of the Naval Academy. I went onto a ship. I was like 21, 22, and I was on a multi-billion dollar warship, right? And I'm calling the shots. When I go up to the bridge, I'm I'm driving the ship. Wow. You know, I'm calling the shots. I'm telling. So as the officer, I'm not actually, I don't actually have my hands on the helm, but I'm calling the orders to the guy, right, yeah. who has his hands on the helm, who's driving the ship. And that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, you have hundreds of people that are on that ship as you're moving it. Um, and you're you're able to hold weapons, shoot weapons. You get out of the military, you transition into a civilian job, and yeah. your manager doesn't even trust you right. to present the Excel document on Monday at the meeting. Right. Wait, what? And so that's where that, where does that purpose come in at now? Right. You know, now I'm in the civilian job. I don't feel passionate about what I'm doing. I don't have that same purpose that I had when I was yeah. in the military, when they literally trusted me with hundreds of people's right. lives. And now it's just like. You're back to your normal person. Yeah, right. Whatever. Right. And so. A lot of veterans can get lost yeah. in in that I, feeling. I, I will share one one uh, example. A friend of mine was he's still in the Navy. He made it, he made a career out of it, but and he was in Bud's uh, Seals. And uh, I remember at one point he was looking for a job as um, as a fireman, and so he came to my house. He was using my phone. He was looking for work, and when he called. I guess the fireman on the other end answered the phone and said, like, Fairfield Fire Department, what's up? And that threw my, my friend Brian completely off. Mm. Like, he was just like, what do you mean, what's, what's up? up? <laughs> because he was still... I was, like, triggered by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he was definitely <laughs> triggered. And, and he ended up, like, I don't know, slamming the phone and, and was just so outraged at the way he was being spoken to. Mm -hmm. but, but it's that I realized then that there is this big transition from a military life to civilian mm -hmm. life. And, and I had to say, like, hey, like, that's how everybody kind of talks to each other out here. But he was expecting something more respectful, mm -hmm. more structured, uh, you know, uh, you know, pecking order or chain of command. 
Yep. He was used to all those things. Yep. And and he did end up becoming and retiring from being a firefighter. Um, but I think he he because that kind of role still had that that rank and file mm-hmm. that he was used to. And and so I think you can see the difference. Obviously, it was like a very co- big contrast between military life and civilian life mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you when you go into the military, especially as an officer, yeah. you're um, you're definitely wet behind the ears. Let me say yeah. that much because you, you get there, and most brand new officers are um, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. Um, you will have some that are prior enlisted and, yeah. and will cross over from enlisted to being an officer, and so they're older. But the majority of new young officers are twenty one, twenty two. So you think about that. You have officers that are in charge. Uh, they they outrank all of the enlisted. So you'll have an enlisted person that had been in a, has been in the military for twenty years. They're not 21, 22, mm-hmm. but they're still calling you sir and man. Now, why? I, I still want to get to the why of this. Why do you yes. feel that you were the one that needed to create this organization? So, so we, my husband and I, Swobo Richards, he's yeah, Air shout Force, out to boo, <laughs> sound guy, Chair Force. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Finally. Um, so, you know, we had been doing a lot in the community around here. Um, you know, we sit on the board at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, I sit on the board at uh, Julia Day uh, Nursery in Ansonia. I sit on the board at the workplace. Yep. Um, you know, and then being members of the chamber, we we get around a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and we're very passionate about youth um, and education. And so, as we started getting involved in these different areas or these different organizations and, and doing things in the community, um, you know, one day we were asked, hey, can you help us put on a charity fashion show? Um, because This was at the Boys and Girls Club. One of the staff members said, hey, um, help us put on this charity fashion show um, because I have a friend that was diagnosed with osteosarcoma cancer and we want to raise money. And I said, Yes, absolutely. I, I love that cause. Let's let's help out. And that's one of my other backgrounds, modeling and acting. So I, I jumped on board. We did the whole thing. Um, it, it was a very good show. It got picked up for Connecticut Fashion Week. Um, Access TV sponsored the red carpet. Um, so very successful show. And we raised about $1,200 to give to the young lady's family for her treatment. After months of planning for this event and a really, really good show, you know, models, everything, designers came through, everything it was really, really good. We realized we could have done a lot better if we were a nonprofit or if even if her uh, family started some type of trust or some type of nonprofit um, in her name, we could have gotten uh, corporate donations right. um people could have gotten uh write-offs because you could have raised twelve thousand w- right you know 000. and and when we when we raise that money as private citizens now we get hit with the with the bill later mm-hmm. so that's not something you <laughs> <laughs> you really people really talk about but yeah. i think we should because as we're trying to do good in the community, we got to do it a smart way. Exactly. And so I said, you know what? Never again. Not that way. We're going to do this the smart way. Um, and so 
we decided let's start service after service because we're starting to do things now in the community that is having a bigger impact and we want to be able to um, do it the right way. And what is its mission if, in a nutshell? So our mission is to help veterans get back out into the community. So service after service is helping veterans to serve again. When you're active duty, you're serving, there's purpose, uh, you're fulfilling your passions. And when you get out, we want to help you identify or remember what your passion is and then do more of it. And we feel that once you're doing more of your working more in your passion every day, the less you're thinking about suicide. That's powerful. All right. We're going to go into a, a speed round because I want to get to these other things before we wrap up. Um, you were downtown the last time I, <laughs> I I went to like a ribbon cutting at the at, at the four fifteen How Ave, and now it looks like you guys moved to Ansonia. Tell me about the move and how how did the pandemic affect the organization? Wow. Okay, so we've we've moved again. Okay. So so we moved to Ansonia, a uh, property that we had there, um, and that was that was great. Um, the pandemic has. God, the pandemic affected so much as we had a program that we were running called Healthy Meals Program. And um, that was with Panera Bread. Um, and then we would take the, the the name of the veterans organization slipped my mind uh, yesterday, too. When I <laughs> there's a veterans organization near the VA hospital. Um, we used to take the bread, the day and donation from Panera and we'll take it over to this uh, veterans house. Um near the VA hospital. And, um, you know, they told us don't bring any more bread. And um, so we had to tell Panera, we don't know if we can come get any bread because we have nowhere to bring it because we've been told don't bring it because of the pandemic. So that program kind of hit a hard stop. Um, And then we had uh, one of our other programs at uh, the Boys and Girls Club. We we, uh, started a track program there. The kids wow. would get uh, track shoes uh, that they wouldn't have to pay for. That stopped too because everybody stopped. Everybody yeah. had to stay home, everybody, and yeah, so it was like a lockdown, right? So, needless to say, I have some track spikes at home now in the basement. Um, <laughs> but you know, so our programming that uh, where we were actually out boots on ground in the in the community hit a hard stop. So we we definitely were hit hard there. Um, so now we're, we're getting ready to, you know, ramp back up as like every other business. Um, but as we're ramping back up, our focus is going to be more on other veterans that want to continue running programs that they are passionate about. Mm -hmm. And that's where we want to, um, direct the funds. So if there are veterans that are, interested in you know pursuing their passion a smart way and sharing that with others then certainly hit us up and we are more than happy to discuss what's how the best we can way do that. for them to contact you they can you know what hit my email mm-hmm. <laughs> is lonnie.richards at serviceafterserviceinc.org. Okay. So don't forget the INC or it'll go to somebody else. I don't know who that is. Okay. <laughs> Serviceafterserviceinc.org. 
Yes. Excellent. So that's the best way to reach her. Yes. And real quick, you guys are, you know, always coming up with the next big thing. <laughs> What's the latest on the Green Thumb app? So we so we started developing an app and it it actually came into existence because we travel a lot. And um, we didn't want our neighbors to hate us because our yard looked crazy. Um, so we had to figure out how do we get our grass cut. And um, so uh, out of necessity, you know, some of the best inventions are out of necessity. And so um, we developed an app called Green Thumb. And um, it's currently in testing phase. Um, but we are not quite ready to launch just yet. We are going to, we, we just don't want to do some quick shoddy launching job because we're really passionate about the app and we're excited about the app. So we want to do it right. Um, so we're, we're going to get it fully tested and, and vetted and then we will start marketing. So if we are, if it means launching in 2023, then that's what it means. Um, but we just want to make sure that we're doing it right. Um, Cause you got to have the right, it, it, the the funds behind yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I believe everything has its time. Yes, you know, so me too. It'll me happen. too. It will definitely happen. So, um, excellent. So, we, the future of service after service right now is you 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 kind of want to be almost like a, a a source of funding for other veterans that have their ideas, bring them to yes. you, and and then you guys can vet them out and and. Uh, and help them kind of reach their goals. Yes, and absolutely. And we're still fiscal sponsors mm -hmm. as well. So we we do um, act as fiscal sponsors for those that want to start a yeah. nonprofit. Yeah. Or if they say, hey, I don't want to start a nonprofit. I just yeah. want to perpetually live under a fiscal sponsor. Yeah. Um, we're, we're a fiscal sponsor yeah. as well. So um, Excellent. Well, thank you. You're doing such amazing work, such important work. Um, and we definitely, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. <laughs> you got to let everybody know about dancing with the stars because you busted my chops when I, when I did that. What kind of dancing are you going to be doing? <laughs> so we're doing some salsa. Okay. And, um, you will have to tune in to see what song right. we are dancing okay. to. Okay. <laughs> Because we're working on the creative, so we're like, oh, okay, Lonnie's <laughs> on here on the poster. So that should be fun. And what's yeah. the date for that? October 15th. Okay. So what's that, in two weeks? couple weeks. And how, how are you feeling yeah. about your dance moves? Um, Really good. So okay. I... <laughs> I am a dancer. Okay. Thank you very much, okay. Ramon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did ballet for eight years. All right. So, so this will um, come natural. Yeah. So I'm I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, good. I'm having a lot of fun. It's really, really fun. Um, supports Adam's house. Yes. So vote for Ned and Lonnie. Ned uh, is my professional dancer out of Fred Astaire Orange. So nice. shout out to them. Um, and we're we're actually dancing to uh, it's the Afrobeats okay. song, um, but that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. You have to tune in to see um, what we do, or come out to the event. Actually, uh, tickets are on sale, um, and vote. So our tickets are I think eighty dollars a ticket, and then the um, votes are ten dollars a vote. And voting is open now, so vote for Ned and Lonnie. Don't <laughs> vote for anybody else. Vote for Ned and Lonnie. I'm supposed to do this, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> vote for it. 
And Adam's House is a great cause here in the Valley. Yes. They help kids uh, going through trauma and loss. Yes. yes. Things like that. So thank you. Thank you. You're doing yes. so much. You've done an amazing job with winter the whole time. <laughs> You're an amazing mom. <laughs> thank uh, you. So thanks for making time to be with us here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And I'm glad she was... Uh, Yes. Behaving herself. Best behaved baby award. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you. All right. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Mission Control. Until next time, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design and We Launch Brands. Thank you for taking this journey with us. To learn more about Peralta Design and our work, Go to www.peraltadesign.com and subscribe to keep up with the crew 